Welcome to the inaugural edition of Open Source. I'm Tony Motley, and my guest today is Khalif Young. Khalif is a digital media and marketing specialist and all-around great guy. Um, Khalif, uh, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me, of course. <laughs> Always, man. Um, let's just jump right in. Right now, we're in the midst of COVID-19, coronavirus, etc. What impact is, is that having on, uh, on, on the media so far that you've seen? Well, I guess the impact is having on the public. I mean, we're communicating in a different, learning to communicate in a different uh, age right now, you know, with the coronavirus and everything. So, you know, people are Zooming and FaceTiming, um, you know, virtual handshakes and hugs, you know, is uh, ruling the day. So I think uh, it's a good opportunity to share, you know, what's a good platform to really have a group chat you know, um, because people are, you know, really big into the Zoom thing, like I said, and uh, um, apparently fa um, apparently um, the uh, FaceTime and everything. So uh, it's pretty interesting. We're communicating differently with family and friends that we would normally, you know, go by or have a hug, handshake, sit down and have lunch or dinner or whatever. So all that has changed. It's interesting, too. Uh, we've seen some of these platforms and I guess some of the back end support structure for these platforms has struggled at times because they're getting to a level of capacity that uh, and usability. I think I don't think they ever expected um, because basically everybody is online at one time. And that's right. And I, yeah. And I think didn't didn't at one point uh, Netflix had to slow down or had to, I think Netflix in the UK had to slow down their, their streaming because the capacity was getting blown up. Yeah. Know? I think uh, Netflix and I believe Amazon prime both uh, committed to dialing down some of their uh, uh, speeds because and I guess quality at that point too, because of so many users being on at one time. So, you know, mm -hmm. that's an issue. Now, the other thing we talked about, you mentioned zoom and I know, uh, this week, we saw uh, some reports that uh, there's some security flaws in Zoom, and even the the founder and CEO of Zoom talked about it was the free version was never meant to be used in the way that it's being used. Uh, of course, that's just innovation. Uh, pretty much everything great that's happened is something that is used for purpose not intended, so uh, that's not unusual. But apparently, people can have their cameras taken over, their uh, login credentials compromised and even the, the device that they're using compromised. So there's some serious cons uh, security concerns with, when it comes to Zoom. And I think basically with any of these online platforms, that's security is something you still have to be mindful of. Yeah. Now is Zoom, is that a, a American company or is it a, a Chinese company? You know, sometimes those, some of those Chinese uh, apps, um, TikTok for one, uh, have been flagged for, you know, data breaches or uh, collecting data that you're unwillfully giving out to them. So is uh, Zoom follow, fall in that category or? I believe Zoom is, is uh, it's a, a Chinese uh, immigrant. Uh, he went to school in the United States, but he still has ties to, to China. And I guess there's some Chinese influence over the company. So. Um, yeah, that's something to, to consider. I think 
uh, one of the things with anybody, just in a general rule, and you'll hear throughout, you know, what we do on this program is just to remind people to uh, use secure passwords and use encryption, 128-bit encryption, whenever it's available to you. Uh, change your passwords frequently because uh, there's a lot of gangster people out here on the web and on your mobile devices. And when you use public Wi-Fi, uh, you go to Starbucks or any, you know, a similar establishment, um, those public Wi-Fis may or may not be secure. You may have an unscrupulous person that just happens to work in that establishment who can compromise that Wi-Fi. So be mindful of all those things. So what what platforms um, have you researched that might be a better option? I, I, I do like the FaceTime situation, and but I understand that not everyone has an iPhone and I just joined the ranks. Right. After a long, long hiatus, you know, the last iPhone I had was the iPhone 3 and it's been Android ever since. So what platforms have you kind of um, identified that might make a good alternative to Zoom? Well, I think FaceTime, like you mentioned, is great if everybody has everybody in your group has has FaceTime. And I think you I think six people is the limit on FaceTime. In terms of yeah, group yeah. chat, so that's that's something that can be used if everyone is an iPhone user. Beyond that, Google Hangouts is available on iOS and uh, uh, Mac OS, and uh, it's built for for that. I, I kind of in the past uh, before pre-Corona found it um, not really uh, useful, but you think back now and right now, what it can do is allow an infinite number of people to join a meeting together with video and audio. Uh, and it's, it's a robust available platform that's free for everybody. So that's, yeah, that's I've a always, good option. Yeah. I've always liked um, Google Hangouts. Uh, when I was at the city, I would use that platform uh, with Mayor Dave being in some instances and stuff, but I've always liked uh, Google Hangouts. Um, as a platform, but now that they've upped it where you can include a you know a bunch of others like that and everything, that should be good. And I think the public really needs to know, you know, before you go jumping on some technology just because it's free, um, you have to be, you know, mindful of what's going on and taking place on the back end as far as your data and information and, and stuff like that. And I think anytime uh you know you hear free and uh and even if it's a paid platform, I mean you're you're information your data um is being collected and i think um the public in general may not have a complete understanding of of uh, the value of your data but yeah. essentially uh especially when it's a uh, google or apple uh, or one of your phone providers the ability to know where you are where you go um forever uh as long as you have that device they know when you get up, they know when you go to bed, they know where you shop, they know where you bank, they know who you talk to, they know all your patterns. It's a data collection on steroids. And uh, mm -hmm. they can they can build a profile of uh, every user based on that. And I think what we think about uh, often is uh, uh, demographic data. But really, from a marketing point of view, the value of the data is really in the, the details, the insights of the data. For example, uh, they want to know, uh, a, a company may want to know, not necessarily whether you're uh, Asian or African-American, but they want to know um, how many people shop at uh, 
a particular store, how many people buy lunch uh, at a particular place, you know, that kind of thing. They want to know because they want to be able to market a product to, to that group of people. They want to carve that data up into meaningful um, groups, segments for them. And I think we're giving them, as a public, we're giving them that kind of information. It's, it's why uh, Google has so much value. It's why Apple has so much value beyond mm-hmm. just the hardware and software that they're uh, peddling. So anyway, that's something to think about. But uh, let's yeah, talk d- about uh, what's happening on Facebook uh, in particular. And you and I discussed at a previous point about uh, DJs and parties that are going on. A lot of freebies people are giving away. But you had some thoughts about that I want you to share with our audience. Yeah, it's interesting because I guess over the last couple of weeks, you know, Facebook has turned into, you know, DJ extravaganza, um, you know, the um, obituary column. You know, it's a lot going on on Facebook. Um, and in particularly with the entertainment thing, I think in a little little bit, the genie is out, out the bottle on the DJ thing, because at what point are you going to try to monetize that? You know, Facebook and Instagram isn't paying anybody anything. And, you know, uh, and I, I'm just beginning to see this light that, you know, we're giving away content. You know, it's cool to post pictures and videos or promos and stuff, but a lot of people are just giving away content when you could be monetizing it some kind of way. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's, you know, ads in your videos or what have you, or, um, you know, coupons to a business or something, you know, it's just, you know, so I'm just trying to see, and I've been looking at some avenues uh, of ways that, you know, entertainers in particular, you can monetize their content and that's through pay-per-view. And I've identified several platforms. Uh, you've brought one to the table and just looking at these ways that um, these type people can, entertainers and stuff can, can you know, make a little revenue off of what they do. Um, and I think we're starting to see, you know, more high profile celebrities get into this whole IG game, right? You know, comedy, um, uh, you had uh, Teddy Riley did something. Erica Badu did something. And these entertainers, you know, along with other DJs and people, they have their own audience that they could take anywhere and, you know, uh, on any platform. And I'm just wondering when the switch is going to come on for these big entertainers to start, um, you know, monetizing uh, what they're doing. Because, again, Facebook and IG isn't going to pay nobody. And it's cool to have followers and fans, but I mean, really, um, if this continues on, because we don't know how long this is going to continue, you know, what are entertainers going to do? Not have a concert? You got to make some money. You know, what are DJs going to do? What are club owners and promoters going to do? You know, and it goes back to this, um, I don't know, this was probably 12 years ago, I believe. There was a comedian named Louie. He had a show on HBO and, um, they fell out. He did something that was, um, I don't know if it was, was it Louis uh, C.K. Sex... Louis C.K. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe so. Yeah, right. he had some sexual misconduct or something, and so HBO yeah, canceled. He did his... some. Uh, he what he did was, uh, boy, he exposed himself. And yeah, that was his okay. Thing. So he really didn't. Uh, he didn't touch anyone, but he was he right. was into look at me. So yeah, 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 look at me. That's funny. So yeah, so uh, HBO canceled his show. Or and count, um, canceled his live. I guess they were going to do a live 
concert type of thing like they do, you know, with comedians. And so uh, shortly thereafter, he, he, he said, look, the audience want to see me. So he put up a stream, had people access it through PayPal, and he monetized the whole concert himself without, you know, the promotion and, and the big guns behind him of HBO. And so at that point in time, I was like, man, you know, that's a great idea, number one, because you're showing independence and you have your own audience um, that you can monetize off of. But I was waiting for others um, in the entertainment industry to follow that lead and say, hey, we can be independent and do our own thing. But it never really happened. But I think this situation is going to force some people uh, in a lot of industries to uh, take heed and, and make some moves that they ordinarily wouldn't make uh, in the digital world because uh, we just don't know how long this is going to continue. You know, you made uh, so many uh, excellent points that there's so many avenues there to drive off and uh, get stuck in. But I tell you one thing that's uh, true is we're going to see content, uh, new content, television shows that were in the pipeline um, uh-huh. have some have that were in production right now, this spring, this winter have stopped production early. Um, you're going to find other shows that were scheduled to come online, not be able to finish their production. So there's going to be a, a lack of studio content shortly. Um, that's going to be an issue. Um, I think. And so do you think, do you think that's going to uh, open up an avenue? For I think so. Yeah. More yeah. independent. Well, more I think so. Content. I think people are going to do it. I think uh, the problem for like the DJing and all that, the issue really is that, uh, uh, we don't own that music. The, the, even the, the artists don't, most of them don't own their music, their own music. So you can, you'll have to pay a, uh, a fee to play that music online. And that's just a hurdle. Most people can't overcome. Um, so I, I think um, that's a challenge for people, but I also agree with you that finding a way to present yourself yeah, and I think the Instagram thing is cool because, you know, it's like, look at me, but really there's no money in that. And I think uh, this is a bottom line business if you're, if that's your livelihood. And so you've got to find a way to perform and, uh, and get paid. And it's not a yeah, degree, would, but it's, it's a job. I mean, it's a service. I mean, yeah, it's a job. Mm-hmm. It's a job. Yeah. I was, uh, I was doing some research and I saw that um, some, some club in Australia uh, did a virtual party, um, and they used it as a fundraiser. And I think they, uh, for cause and everything, they tied a cost to their event. But they, I think they raised like three hundred thousand dollars from a virtual, um, you know, uh, club party event type of thing. So um, we'll see wh- what the demand becomes, but we just don't know how long this is going to last. And I mean, I, I I could not imagine, you know, being a um, a DJ or a performer and you can't even book for the next two months. I mean, yeah, what it's does really that look shut. like? It's, it's taking people. I mean, there's no uh, government relief for them. I mean, they, they just, they're out of business and that that's painful. Um, I think, yeah, I think what you talked about uh, in terms of uh, the uh, venue, uh, you shared that on the, uh, online yesterday about the uh, Australia thing. I think, the other thing I want to talk to you about while I have you is that uh, there are other applications or other needs. There's still, I mean, some people are going to still conduct business. 
Um, I think, um, what do you think the, the future is for how people have communicated uh, in, in a corporate sense now? I mean, there were always WebEx and those kind of meetings, but now it's pretty much the only game in town. How do you think that's going to affect how people uh, conduct business? Because even, let's say, uh, the coast is clear at some point, uh, I think they're gonna, there's going to be some reluctance for large gatherings, uh, and I know I would be reluctant to. Yeah, I think uh, a big lesson is going to be learned from a corporate standpoint. And I think that lesson is um, it's okay to work remote. It's okay to have remote teams. You can still be productive. Um, the job can still get done. Um, because some some companies in some parts of the world, uh, uh, United States anyway, um, have been reluctant to have remote workers. You know, it's still that corporate staunchy um you know, you got to to be productive. You got to be present. But um, those myths are, are clearly getting blown away. And um, that's just like you said, people are going to be leery of, of gatherings of you know, employee gatherings and all that kind of stuff. Because, you know, how many times have we uh, been in the office and someone sick comes in and they, you know, it's like, oh, I don't want to get their germs, but I got to be here. I mean, you know, we've seen that scenario. Look, if you're sick, take your butt home. But, I mean, we've seen that where sick people have been forced to work or forced to come in. And then you know, then, it, then so-and-so has it. Then the next person has it. So I think that this is a, a great case study and eye-opener for a lot of corporations um, that have to continue to do business and have allowed, you know, almost forced to uh, have their workers work from home well, or I think remotely. It, it, you, you make a, a great point. I think beyond all that is that this is, in a sense— a reckoning for our, our, our country because, uh, and I don't want to get off onto this cause that's not what we're about, but you've had to think about access to healthcare and access to, um, you know, paid leave. And so mm-hmm. everybody's mm-hmm. better off, especially when you have a, a pandemic like this, you know, that you're better off, uh, not coming in or not, you know, we're all, we're all practicing social distancing, but we know, Prior to this, people were forced to, like you said, come to work sick, um, infect everybody else. It wasn't deadly, but still, um, it's a quality of life issue. And it's really kind of ridiculous that people are forced to do that. And I think if you, as a manager, if, you, if you've if you got employees that are exploiting the system, there's a remedy for that. So this mm-hmm. idea that, you know, I think corporate wants to be able to, I mean, uh, from a business point of view, the least number of variables you have, uh, the better off you are. So that variable of people not being in where you can see them and see what they're doing, you want to eliminate that. But realistically, uh, we're just in a different age right now. And working from home is really, I think, is going to continue after this crisis. Yep, I totally agree, my man. Totally agree. So... The other thing that uh, we didn't talk about, and I probably I didn't mention to you when we discussed doing this, is that um, learning. I think learning uh, education is going to be another place where it will not go back to how it was. That's right. I think, That's right. Yeah, and so, um, and, and really, it talks about. I mean, it deals with styles of learning because everybody learns differently. But um, I, I think. Uh, the idea that everybody would be in one place and uh, you know, I think learning is a social enterprise in a sense, but at the same time, there are components or elements of distance learning, online learning that are valuable. They, they are. 
Definitely, definitely. And it, and it, and online learning, you know, broadens your learning uh, lens. You know what I'm saying? It, it widens it, I believe, because um, you're not in the classroom confined. I mean, you know, you're uh, and you're able to do, you know, research online, um, just a lot of more things. I think it just widens the scope, gives you a global perspective of things opposed to, a, you know, just in a boxy classroom type of situation, you know? So. Right. And I, and I think again, what we found uh, with this crisis is that um, there are inequities in, uh, in people's access to the internet, people's access to uh, smartphones, people's access. To, I mean, some districts, are unable to mobilize an online presence and uh, get it out to students. And so they're, they're uh, forced to send uh, paper packets, have, have those picked up. I mean, they really don't uh, have the ability to create an online curriculum. And I, and I mean, again, it's, it's not something you can do overnight, but it shows you um, places where there's weakness in our system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I never looked is. at it that way. It is. Mm-hmm. And, and I think too, um, you, you wonder, uh, first of all, I, I'm, I'll make a prediction here. I'll be on record. I, I don't think given the way, the slow way that the, the United States has reacted to this virus in terms of self-isolation, lockdowns, um, sporadic lockdowns, you know, every state's kind of done their own thing. Um, there's still 11, 12 states that haven't done it. Um, this is going to last until the summer, I believe. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if 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 we if all states go on lockdown right now, you know, I think um, on a positive side, sixty days. You know, um, but with you know states not joining that, and some states just getting into that, and then the other thing, people not doing what they need to do. Like you said, it could go in definitely into the summer. I can see that. Yeah, I think uh, it, it, too many people, too many states have done things differently. And uh, it just, I, I know uh, this week, late this week, we saw uh, a county in northern Michigan, Oscoda County, uh, had several cases. And you got to consider, too, that these rural, small counties, it's happening in Georgia right now, Uh Albany, Georgia has one major hospital and it's overwhelmed basically in, in a matter of days. And so those smaller areas are not able to treat the people that are sick in their communities. And, and that's a dangerous situation for people as much yeah. as we see large, you know, New York city, uh, Detroit, um, LA, other places overwhelmed, you, you know, uh, these smaller places, they don't have any capacity. And right, basically, right. people are at, at that point left to die. That's just sad. It sad is sad situation. Yeah, yeah. and it, sa- it says a lot about us. But uh, hey, that's uh, that's not that's not what uh, we exist to talk about. Well, I think the other thing I think uh, that that you do is uh, you have a a, a presence uh, online on Roku. Uh, share with the audience um, what that's all about. Well, it's about lifestyle content that seems to work. Um, you know, everybody loves art, food, culture, fashion, um, those type of things. So we try to present that type of content on Roku, Samsung TV, um, Amazon Fire, and any other platform that I could try to identify out there 
we try to have a presence on those platforms and, and present lifestyle content. So, and it's um, volume TV is what the app is, right? Yep. Yeah, Smart right. TV app is yeah, volume, volume TV. TV. And, and I, I think yeah. it's amazing. You've always done kind of leading edge things. You're doing things and I'm always saying, well, what's that all about? And then <laughs> right. you know, a couple of years later we see, Oh, okay. I get it now. But uh, I think that's fantastic, Khalif, uh, and I appreciate Thanks. you just joining us, sharing uh, a little bit about uh, what you're doing and giving your perspective on where we are right now. I think uh, the takeaway today is investigate places where you can communicate with your people safely and uh, continue. Those platforms may evolve. Uh, I mean, in terms of what's best for you right now, it, that's changing uh, constantly. So I think you got to continue to look at that. I think people should be mindful of security and there's nothing like having your personal information or your bank account hacked. So be careful with those things and then innovate. I think uh, this crisis is not a time to, to uh, be afraid, um, be mindful, stay safe, but look at other opportunities. Look at the opportunities that are being presented. Every time uh, the game changes, uh, you can change with it and, Take advantage of that. Yeah, be flexible. Be flexible. All right, we're out for now. Thanks, Khalif. We'll see you all next time. Open source. Open source.